In this episode, Haiti speaks to Darren McStay. He's an entrepreneur, voice coach, singer, performer, and actor. From London, living in Helsinki, he's one of the few British faces that you'll see on Finnish film and television. You're listening to Marketing Helsinki. So I'm here with Darren McStay. Hey, Darren, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. All dandy up in here. I'm so excited to get to talk to you today because I am another musician, just as like yourself, and uh, I think we're going to have loads to talk about today. Yeah. So I'm just going to hit you with the first question, which is something that we usually ask our guests here. So when you meet somebody new and you introduce yourself and they ask you, what do you do? How do you respond to this? Depends who I'm speaking to, you know? If I'm speaking to an acting agent or a casting director or uh, a, cl- a possible client, you know, I'll introduce myself in the way that's most appropriate to that person if I know what they are. Otherwise, I generally say, I'm someone who uses my mouth a lot because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a polymath. I have a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. And, and so try, to try and sum all that up is, is somehow often difficult. Um, because there is business elements of what I do and there's also, you know, the creative side and there's also growth that I have as a business as well as as, as an educator. And so I just came down to the, the thing, I'm an artist. Mm. I'm, an, I'm an artist, you know, because that leaves it quite open. You know, I'm a voice yeah. artist and I'm a voice coach and I'm an actor and I'm a songwriter. So You've done a lot of things. Well, that's nothing. I've done those more than that. I just, yeah. I just had to narrow. I had to narrow them down. Were you and born with confidence? Like, do you consider yourself as an introvert or an extrovert? Um, I love my own company. I always did. I was always head in the clouds. Always a loner. Always spent love my that. time. You love your own company. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's how it should be. But a lot of people can't handle it. They, they need others around to feel, yeah. you know, like their identity. You know. It secures who they are in the world, but for, for me, I, I much prefer just being left alone. It's, and it doesn't necessarily make me an introvert. If sometimes somewhat solipsistic, I might believe that my world is the only world that exists. You know, and that's 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 a trap though. I can easily fall into. Yeah. So my 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 way to get out of that, and I have done for years, was to push past it and really try to express myself. And of course, when you're pushing that that way, it can come across as aggressive. It can come across as uh, in other ways than what you intend it to. Um, and I discovered that when I was working as a chef, actually. When was that? Uh, I think I quit chefing 11 years ago, 12 years ago, to go to acting school. Uh-huh. Where did you go to? What was the school? East 15. Uh-huh. In the UK, there's over 100 drama courses. Only 20 of them are considered accredited by a, a, like a, a board of council. And that was one of them. So it was already pretty good. So you had a lot of things that you were interested in at the same time. You were doing music, you were doing acting. When did you get interested in um, in voice acting? It came sort of around the same time, because if we go back to when I was chefing, it was a job yeah. I hated, really stressful. It's terrible for your back. It's terrible oh, for yeah. alcoholism, you know, because <laughs> still today in the UK, if you put chef on your car insurance, you get the, the highest rate. But that is that is such a classic when you're doing art, you have such a like a, a job that you necessarily don't even like that you can mm-hmm. sometimes even hate. But yeah. you need to do it for the money. Yes. 
yeah. to live. Yeah. And then, then it eventually sucks you dry, both of yeah. them. And so you start feeling bitter about one yeah, and, I know. and even worse about the other. So actually what happened was I was getting panic attacks because I was A, drinking too much, B, stressed out too much, not getting any money. And just my life was, you know, there was no goal. My love of music was dwindling and I was still doing it, you know, in bands, quite successful bands as well. But it didn't matter because it was it became hard work to do it. Um, so these panic attacks turned into something that I needed eventually to go to a doctor for. Yeah. And on going there, I was prescribed diazepam, which is like a, a karma, like to, to just chill you out. Yeah. And I was very reluctant to take them. I didn't want to get into that sort of rolling system of dependence on, you know, chemicals uh, from the doctor, which I don't think is necessarily, you yeah. know, yeah. I prefer to look at the uh, cause rather than the, the effect. And so on the same day I went to that doctor, another friend of mine just point, pointed out that there was this like walk-in acting class down the road from where I lived. And I thought, oh, that's something I've always wanted to give a go. So I walked in there and the very, very first lesson, we were, they were doing voice work. So body work, practical, stretching, yawning, uh, rolling around on the floor, going, mm, mama. And it, it, as crazy as it sounds, I walked out of that class that day feeling calm before I'd taken any of those pills, feeling really connected and really present. And I'd also realized that I probably had a voice because my voice had only been expressed through music. And as a speaker and as a communicator and as someone who worked in kitchens, I was terrible. I, mumble, I mumbled. I was, in a sense, I had become more introvert and the panic attacks and, and uh, had made that worse. So I couldn't yeah, gotcha. communicate very well. And what that did was open up a doorway to say, hey, Darren, look, actually there's other ways of being and other things you can do. From that moment on, I went to start taking speech lessons to help with my mumbling and speech pronunciation. Lessons. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Of course, yeah. I found something yesterday when I was doing an online acting class, actually, uh -huh. which was from Lambda of all places. It was just oh, it was a little mod, like a little medal for my distinction in speech. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't find it. It's there somewhere. But yeah, yeah. So I did like a grade five like speech course and uh, yeah, and it was really good. And then I started applying for plays, started getting into plays, started acting. Um, and then I started applying for drama school and eventually uh, picked the one of my dreams. Let's backtrack a little bit. Yes. What did you do at the speech courses or speech lessons? Well, it, it, it was a kind of, it was kind of sta stable stuff. So pronunciation and uh, articulation exercises, you know, working the muscles, releasing tension in the jaw, looking at my posture, breath, yeah. relaxing my belly, letting go. I love, um, I love the fact that you think that you know how to breathe when, mm -hmm. you know, you've been a human all your life and you've yeah. lived in your body all your life. And then when you go to acting classes or singing classes, they teach you how to walk. What, what kind of posture you need to have and how to breathe and how to talk and how to sing. And they're like, oh my God, I know nothing about being a human, <laughs> like the basic functions. It's, I think it's why when a lot of people, especially when they're younger, they're quite talented and they're quite experienced already. They yeah. go there and they come out useless because they've been made so conscious of themselves that yes. they spend, an, it takes another 10 to 20 years just to get back to, you know, where they were naturally before. And so it can hinder people acting school. I've seen it happen many times and people give up hope because everything becomes technical and they consider yes. it. But there is a period if they stick with it, then they'll just be amazing afterwards. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's what you find. A lot of actors, like the bigger names nowadays, at least from the UK, like Benedict Cumberbatch, they had five to ten years out of drama school, really, try playing and learning, and and then they all of a sudden they sit very well in their body. Yeah, and and they come back to the maybe natural talent they had before. He has an amazing voice. He has an amazing voice. But hey, to tie this whole thing with Finland, because mm. Marketing Helsinki is the name of the podcast. Okay. Um, when did you come to Helsinki? Well, I'm, we moved here in this almost six years ago, December 2015. We moved from Zone One, London, where we were living in a Elephant Castle, directly to Nuxio. In a in a, <laughs> in a in a in a wintry wonderland. That must have been quite a change. It was a, a radical difference, yeah, and a welcome. Did you one. like it? Of course, yeah, we're still here. But like, you, you didn't move to the heart of Helsinki. Why did no, you decide well, to go to Nuxia? We we moved there because my wife's parents own a hotel in Nuxia, oh, and really? and so there was a cottage there that we were a, able to use. By the lake, so okay. Do you speak any Finnish? On opuskelin sitä. Oh, Hitaasti, mutta varmasti. Your accent is pretty good. Oh, that's the first thing yes. I got. But isn't that always like I? I've been studying, or I I did study. I think uh, Swedish for like seven, six or seven years, wow. and the only thing that I get left is the accent. And same with German. I studied mm. German for nine years, and I still the only thing that I have left is the accent. Wow. So yeah. that is something that you either pick or you don't, and usually you start with that and you yeah. stick with that. Yeah, well, a lot of people don't. A lot of people, I guess, I wish I had more of a need for it, you know, because uh, yeah. we, we've got a son who's studying at Pabagotti, and of course he's finished. He's already better than mine. He's three and a half years old, <laughs> uh, but it's because he's surrounded by it all day, and it, the language I have to speak with him is English, so he picks that up. And yes. Monica speaks Finnish, so I'm, uh, but she speaks English to me. Um, and I think I'd go a lot further and learn quicker if I had someone to just talk with. Sure, but when he's going to grow older, I think it's going to actually it's going to be great for you too. Because mm-hmm. he's oh, yeah. gonna he's gonna put you in environments where you're going to learn a lot more. Yeah, it's already getting to the point where I need to. Yes, there, there is now a need. Yes, I need to know what the conversation. <laughs> then daddy's going to be left behind. Yeah, yeah. We just had a new baby as well, so she's three months old. Oh, congratulations! Yeah, thanks. Loving it. Yeah. So um you don't or do you feel comfortable about like having conversations in Finnish when you introduce yourself to the business people in here? No. No, I wouldn't Potential do that. people who you would work with. Yeah, I guess because my skill set would be more speaking in the English language anyway. So um And everybody here loves to speak English. Well, I wish everybody would, but yeah, I guess <laughs> really? maybe in Helsinki. Uh, oh, in Helsinki, definitely yes. Yeah, because our our educational level is so high, and like the the level of like the quality of our schools is so good that I think not everybody speaks English here like really mm. fluently. But I think most people are just so eager to practice on their skills that they forget to speak Finnish to the the foreigners that come into the country, and especially the ones that live in this country. Mm. Yeah, it does seem to give a shorthand when everyone understands the language fully, yes. and there's 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 more vocabulary that way, and you can get more done in, in a faster amount of time. Yes, uh, and so it's it's certainly harder because with with learning Finnish and the way it's taught to 
outsiders here, unfortunately, and I've gone through a couple of different courses, it's all grammar first, word, like yeah. usability later. But I don't work like that. I'm kinesthetic. This is, yeah. you know, I, I need to start speaking and then be told what I did. Yeah. Not, not yeah. the other way around, because otherwise I'm in my head and I, I, I have trouble working that way, which is another yeah. reason that I'm more into creative arts and less into mathematics and science. Yes, exactly. That's just learn the rules, then go and use the rules on doing something. I'm like, well, I'll go yeah. and do something. And then after I've done it and embodied it, I'll know what the rules are. As an entrepreneur, yeah. who's your competition here in Finland? Do you know what? Uh, my, my client base isn't in Finland. Really? My biggest client base is in America. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Um, why not Why not UK? Actually, there's, there's a fair amount in the UK. Um, but it seems like, because all of my clients have found me through YouTube. Almost really? all. Really? Yes. So, so I create valuable videos and that's why i guess it's growing it's called improve your voice and it's it's mainly aimed at speakers mm -hmm. and so i get a lot of people from america a lot of people from australia uk but also india and philippines uh -huh. and china and all over the world really very few from finland and even before i started the channel because i felt i wasn't going to be able to work here um so much that's why i went online uh, but i found that finland didn't necessarily have any open doors for me with regard to the speaking. And I actually, yeah. one businessman told me this, why do we need you to teach us to speak when we've got Finns teaching us? I was like, what, are they English? Well, they could teach us English too. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. It's all book <laughs> learning though, isn't it? You know, the practicality yes. of performing is not the same as understanding and yes. delivery are two different things. Um, exactly. Uh, and I, you know, to be fair, I haven't really put myself out enough. I focused very much online because I needed to quite quickly. Um, But isn't that like the the thing of the time? You have to be online. Yeah, and yeah, And you need to course. put a lot of focus there. Yeah, I mean, I was pre-COVID, so I was kind of fully set when it, when the shit hit the fan. Yes, and it's actually good because then you didn't need to lure people in while, you know, COVID was booming. Yeah, yeah. They were I'm, already in there. Yeah, now I've got 300 like free videos that are giving value and that's my marketing. I don't have to advertise because I'm giving. How how long did it take for you to become a good speaker? I'm still still learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, you know, until you gained a confidence that you could say that, you know, okay, I am a speaker, that you could like really stand behind yourself and your talent and your product. It's, it's funny that I actually really only came recently, even though I've been doing it for a long time. I spent two summers as the compare for a battle of the bands um, just before I moved to, to acting school. And that, and I had to improvise. So I met the bands beforehand. I set up the microphones for them and I introduced everyone. And I, there was no script. There was no preparation. I just had to get up and talk. And it, it was, I, I think I did quite well. They paid me to do that. And I got on really well with the, everyone there and the audience reacted quite well. And, and that was the first time I thought, because uh, that was every time I was scared. I was yeah. like really out of my comfort zone. Um, But I did it. And I think having gone through that was a really good backdrop to me being able to just say, fuck it. Yes, but I kind yeah. of love how in arts, scare, like fear, being mm. scared is always present until, <laughs> but actually, I, I don't know if you'll ever remove that. Well, I like, think when you are present, it's no longer present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're in your head, you're scared, you're in your head, you're scared, and all of a sudden you're in it, and then it just fizzles, fizzles, fizzles. If it's working, it fizzles away, and you are yeah. present. And, and therefore, there is no fear. 
right? Or negativity or no little mind, you know, voices in your head saying, oh, you're going to fuck that up, mate. Uh, look or at you. Where did you say that? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. They don't yeah. like you. They Why don't like you. you? Do that? You're terrible. You? Yeah. Oh my God. <clears throat> What do you do when those boogeymans, or do you, do you say boogeymen or boogeymans? Bo bo boogeymen. Boogeymen. When, yeah. when they attack you, what do you say to yourself? Or what did you used to if you, you know, don't get them anymore? Um, I've, I've been through productions where it's been like holding on for dear life the whole way through. And I've managed to somehow do it. I don't know how. Uh, but I, in a sense, I, w I wondered if, why am I doing this? It felt a bit like self-harm. You know, yeah. considering the kind of emotional journey you put yourself through. Yeah. And I think, I think, and, and, and sorry to bring this word up, spiritual, but I, I remember on our first day at drama school, our teacher saying, if you're here and you want to be a professional actor, it's quite likely that there's some childhood trauma that you've not dealt with yet. That's, that's driving you to want to be, you know, in the spotlight, to be seen and to, yes, to, and to seek validation in a sense. Exactly validated. Um, and so what she offered and what was part of drama school was counseling and, and, and spending time in nature and all these things that help make you more present and help dissolve the thoughts and be, bring you more into your body. And that's something that I think is really important. Brings us back to our first conversation as well on breath mm. and breathing, as, as you reminded me, We have to relearn sometimes. Yeah. Um, what gave me the confidence was to learn to let go. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. you can do the work physically to, to make sure your body is, your instrument is you know, fully tuned, if you like, yeah. and, and, in, and in correct alignment and your breathing. And that plays a massive part. The rest is knowing or understanding what you want to say or what you want to contribute or, or offer. And then it's just letting go of that and being in the moment and trusting that it is there. You've done the work. It will come. And that is the most vulnerable thing, but it's also the thing that is magic. That's the thing that captures people and allows you to express yourself fully because you're a vessel for these ideas. And by, yeah. block by blocking those th those um, yourself, all you're doing is hindering the information and, and, the, and the passage from you connecting with another human, which essentially speaking is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Communication. That's definitely what it is. But hey, let's talk about your career in yeah. acting in Finland. Mm. In Finland, it's going from strength to strength. I'm surprised. Really? Yeah. I mean, in the UK, I worked mostly in theatre. I did a lot of background acting in operas, which was which is a very good ensemble way of understanding the technicalities of theatre without having to, the pressure of performing. Yeah. In Finland, I got one part, I think, in 2017 in a show called Kolkossa Cox. So I think it means hooked. I don't know that. Yes. Kolkossa. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a couple Kolkossa. of series. Yeah. And I just had one or well, a couple of scenes just as this bad guy. In Finnish? No, I was speaking in English. Then I got part in a movie called Valmentea, uh, which was a cool production. Optipari O, I think is the film company. Um, and I got to play another kind of gangsterish sort of role i always get bad boy ca characters <laughs> do you like them it's just what i get i mean one one of the workshops i give is is actually on the casting process and and how we we bring a story into the room before we even speak and uh -huh. the way the world sees me according to the media film society casting branding would be as someone who's more aggressive or maybe on the darker side 
Is is that your true character at all? I don't think so. But I think what happens is when people start seeing you like that, they find it in you. And yeah. and because of stereotypes and archetypes, I fall into that naturally. Um, I've got shaved head. I've got tattoos. And people do tend Classic to Classic bad boy look. Well, it's it wasn't a bad boy when I was 15 and skateboarding. I was just... <laughs> And then, then I did mod, Modernet Miehet. Miehet. Modernet Miehet. Yes, I was in the first season of that. I've now just been filming for Ule uh, for a uh-huh. new production. And I don't think they've actually given out the final the name of the show yet. But it's uh-huh. eight episodes. It comes out next spring. And I'm in every episode. And I've got a really cool character too. Yes. So, yeah, it's the biggest part I've played yet. And TV. Can so. can you can you like uh, give us a little hint what you're playing? How is your character like? I think so. Yeah, I, I think I'm. Well, basically, I'm playing an American CIA agent, <gasps> working as undercover as a cultural attaché at the Helsinki. Uh, no, sorry, at the yeah American Embassy in Helsinki. Coolio. So I get I get to, I I can't tell you too much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I do get to be a bit of a badass and I get to shoot guns and stuff. So that's nice. Yes, nice. Yeah. Is that your first time that you get to do that? What, guns? Yeah. Um, no, no. Or what, what, is, what is the most exciting thing? I still want to ask you this. What is the most exciting thing that you've ever done in acting? The most, I, it always gets more exciting the more I do it, actually, because the characters are getting bigger and they get more involved. But last yeah. year I was in a production. Again, that's not even out yet. That's coming coming up. Actually, two productions. I was in an American film called Jewel that was filming here in Tampere as well, uh, playing alongside Karen Gillan, which was quite exciting. <gasps> so if I if I make the cut, I should be in the movie. Um, but yeah, there was another one, and we had to do some. I played this hitman, and I they bleached my eyebrows, and I looked very cold and and weird actually. But I, I had to go and learn some fight scenes, and basically, I have to beat up ten people or something like that in one go. And so working mm-hmm. on that that choreography for that with um, some people who had, you know, now become quite close friends uh, was was really exciting. And so when they filmed it, I was like, oh, my God, this is showreel material. <laughs> this looks great. <laughs> so it, it's, it's a different kind of acting. It's still very physical. Uh, but it, it was, yeah, it was fun. As I was doing it, I was like, oh, my God, this is just really, this is cool. This is, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm just walking in, putting no effort. And that guy's flipping over there. I, I, I just barely raise my hand and this person flies across the room because obviously they're all professional stunt artists and they're jumping around obviously. me, making yes, me look like, exactly. yeah, yeah. So that making was, you look like really cool and bad. Yeah, and good. Exactly. And that was huge fun. That was huge yes. fun. And I met some great people on that journey too. Um, I still get to ask you, do you find it easy to find work in Finland? Like how, how easy or uneasy was it for you to get these spots? At I, these movies. I actually get a lot of voiceover work. Um, and I think there's not a huge amount of competition for my casting who can be a native speaker. So I've played yeah. a Dutch person, an Australian person, an American person, an English person. I, 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 I can pick up accents, but yeah. apart, apart from the American one, I've done it all in my own accent. They just want really, yeah. General, fo- even, even ge- general for- foreigner, please. Even the Danish one. <laughs> but British, the British accent is so like versatile. There's so just many of them with little tweaks. You can do so much because well, the Australian one, which I actually don't even know how you make the Australian accent, but still, it's it doesn't it doesn't fa- like sound too different than the classic British accent. It depends on the pronunciation. I think. Uh, 
the accent itself is usually formed by a placement and where you send air as you speak. Yes. You know, like uh, yours isn't typically Finnish. You're, you've got more of a mid-Atlantic sound. You know, That's what everybody says. Yeah. yeah. I, I have no idea what I sound like. I'm, I'm just talking. Oh, basically, what it is, is like in Finland, generally, the air is uh, back here in the throat. And so uh, uh, really, really back here. So you don't really push it forward. And all the speaking, like, it's really, really low and kept in the throat and almost swallowed. Very similar to Glaswegian. It's yeah. just like back there as well. It's just like held in the same place. But with you, what you're doing is sending the air more up into your nose. And that's more American. And so that's yes. probably giving you that sound. There's plus a lot of twang. The curling of the eye. Yeah, there's more. Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> yes. Hey, how's it going? There's more of Do a, I sound like that? I hope no, not. no, there's more. What I'm saying is it just, uh, of course, I've got a different you know, instrument. But uh, it is you're pushing the air up further into your nose and yeah. let, keeping it less down here. And maybe that's just something to do with your own personality. Maybe it's because yes. there's more color from learning Swedish. Could be, it could be I you're a singer because you're a I've, singer. I've actually thought about that, like learning other languages. Has it ever affected my English accent? But I don't really think so. I think maybe singing, yes. But you're certainly very colorful for a Finnish Yes, speaker. That's, what, that's what they say. Yeah. But and that's pride. and that's not a, a culturally a Finnish thing, is it? Because yes. I think culturally, you 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 know, people stand aside from that and a bit humbleness yes. and and not putting yourself out there, not being too colourful is considered deemed, I don't know, respectable. And definitely not too loud. Okay, yeah. but I I am loud. <laughs> I can be annoying, and I dare. <laughs> yeah, good. And I think it's great. Yeah. Okay. I I literally I could talk to you all day. But we need to start wrapping this up a little sure. bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What was the what so, was the point of the podcast again? <laughs> <laughs> we we are called Marketing Helsinki, and yes. uh, here we discuss uh, both personal and business philosophies. Yeah. So, what would you say? What is the one or two like really good personal or business related philosophies that have taken you the furthest in your business career, mm. or in life in general? Still the hardest thing for me today, but still obviously the most important is knowing when to stop. Knowing when to shut down the computer and stop for the day. Mm-hmm. I struggle with it because there's always more that needs to be done. And if I don't, I end up suffering down the line because I put too much energy and effort into things that are transitory and don't actually create my life. So striving to move forward you have to take a few steps back occasionally relax rest play sing dance watch a movie have a bath light some candles drink some red wine you know <laughs> stroke your cat whatever it is you can't just be focused on work all the time and it's it breaks my heart that that you can't do that because i love it but it does wear you down and if you want a long career and if you want a career at all i'd suggest looking at the long run because because life you know hopefully is long for many of us. Um, And if it takes you getting some hypnotherapy or some counseling or something that helps you do, or business coaching that helps you step away and helps you put things down, you will find you'll be, you become more productive. And on a flip side to that, I would also say that action trumps planning any day. That's true. That I can definitely vibe with. Yeah, you can you can plan and plan and plan and think and think and think 
but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, a lot of those plans, especially business model canvases and things like that, you're inventing thing that doesn't yet exist. Right. You're hoping that you will change. What if you change the wrong person? It's all your opinion. Do it, find out, then make your canvas. Exactly. Thank you. That was some great advice. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully someone will take it. Thank you for listening to the Marketing Helsinki podcast. Please visit marketinghelsinki.com for more episodes.